offering information for your mind, enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Hi, welcome to Sabbath School U. My name is Abby McPherson. I'd like to introduce you to all the guests that are here today. All right, I'm John Davis. I'm Marcellus Ashley. I'm Andrea Keel. Excellent. Welcome to Sabbath School U once again. Today we're going to be talking about Paul and the rebellion. And now we're going to discuss some of the metaphors that we see in Paul's writings. Um, can we have prayer real quick? Ooh, yes, right. please. Marcellus, if you don't mind. No, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Father, I ask you to please give us your spirit and show us your son. In his name, Jesus. Amen. 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 So what about some of these metaphors that Paul has in his writings? I know he has a lot. The, this first one um, that I noticed was the Adam and Jesus. Um, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Um, they bring up, I think it's Romans chapter 5. And there's several verses, I think from 12 to 20 something. But um, I think if you look, focus in on verse, um, let's see here, verse 17. Romans 5, 17? Yeah, Romans 5, verse 17. It says, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, which would have been Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. And before that, I think it talks a little more, uh, introduces Adam as being the person who sin came from. Jesus is the person who righteousness came from. So I, I guess it's a metaphor, um, but it's also a reality. I think he's, he's just kind of stating, like, that's how, that's how this whole thing started, pretty much. Sums so, it up. Yeah. And it's also this um, pretty cool depiction of grace, because, like, um, when you think of one person causing, one person's actions leading to a bunch of people falling, mm -hmm. it seems like it would take then a bunch of people to redeem that one person. Right. But instead, we, have, we get one person redeeming everyone. And yeah. so it's like, it, the, the scales are tipped in our favor of grace, if that makes any sense. Right. And I think it's also like a metaphor, you know, for the power of what, what the power one person has. Because I think it just took just one person to create this huge sin problem, and it took just one man without sin to create salvation. So our choice holds so much power in life and death. If we choose Christ, we choose life. If we choose sin, we choose death, and the choice is clear. What do you think Adam's going to feel like? I was just thinking, um, you know, when he gets to heaven, he sees all these generations. And yet then when he sees Jesus... I think you still cry, holy, holy, holy. You know, look what I've done. Look what the, the, the fall of the human race was on my hands. Mm -hmm. And to see the goodness and the grace and mercy of God when it comes to be like, I thought, you know, at the end it was just going to be a few of us. But look at all these people. You truly redeemed us all. Because I'm not really sure, if, you know, they were briefed on, you know, what Jesus Christ was going to do. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be overjoyed and just, you know, worshiping mm -hmm. and ready to, you know, get to know all of us and what we've come to. I'm going to get um, Adventist for a second. Go ahead. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for that, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I was ready. Take it with confidence. But I mean, it's called, the, this whole section is on, not this one, but the whole lesson, this whatever, 13 weeks, mm -hmm. <laughs> is, is based on the Great Controversy. So I'm going to quote the Great Controversy. I'm not going to quote it. I'm going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. This the is book. a huge preamble, if mm -hmm. you've noticed. <laughs> but um, Ellen, there's a chapter where, um, where Ellen White describes Adam um, seeing Christ. Mm. And something, a point that she brings out is just that 
Christ came when man was like fallen, like m the, at the most disfigured. And that is what he's going to look like forever. Mm. And so she describes a scene where Adam sees him and is like, you're, it, I did this to you? Like mm. you, I look so much better than you do basically. Wow. Like I look so much more healthy. Mm. This, my body's built better. And plus he's scarred and like he'll, he, he'll wear the mar of, of humanity forever essentially. Mm. And she describes just Adam just weeping, being like, mm -hmm. man, I did this to my God. Like, wow. like I don't know. That's a serious description. Something that you mentioned earlier. Let me try and find it in my head. Oh, about the, just basically the power of influence of how one man can cause a, a humongous fall for everybody and how one man can save us all. But, you know, in the Bible somewhere it says, you know, greater works than these you will do how he's given us the Holy Spirit and given us the authority to be able to change the lives of many. Like we are not their savior, mm -hmm. but we are their influence. We can be a great example for these individuals and also give uh, other people just an opportunity to see a different way of living life. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Are there any other uh, metaphors? Well, oh, yeah. You can go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry. one of the things I looked at or, or I saw was from Paul's teachings was about the armor of God. I think that was, that's actually one of my, my favorite things in the Bible is when Paul talks about the armor of God. In fact, it's in Ephesians uh, chapter, what is it? Ephesians chapter 5. And actually, he, he goes through, uh, let's start with actually verse 11 and 12 because those are my two favorite, actually. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and oh, blood. Chapter six. Yeah. I'm sorry, that is six. You're all right. I'm sorry. So let me start over. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I mean, that is just powerful. It doesn't get right. much more it's, real than that. Yes. It's like, man, I've got to don on I've got to be ready for war here. And it's not a physical war that I'm waging, but that it's this massive battle that that we can't even comprehend. I mean, we read about the battle in heaven between, you know, where Satan's cast out. But I mean to realize that that battle didn't just it wasn't just over and that's it and then Christ comes back later on. It's this battle is still occurring now in this place and this earth, and we have to be ready for it. That we're, we're not just fighting against, you know, someone who has a bad attitude or someone who's upset about something. We're battling against demons and, and wickedness that has just been, just been manifested over generations and generations and generations. And I mean, Paul puts that, I think he, he puts that perfectly mm. um, to, to give it a context. And then he goes on to talk about, well, how can we actually make, you know, do battle? And he goes on and talks about the full armor of God and, and all the different pieces. And I think one of the important things to look at is, you know, how can, you know, how can we really make sure that we're wearing the full armor or, and not just carrying around a shield or carrying around a sword? Because sometimes I think we, we carry around the Bible like the sword, but we don't have the rest of the pieces. Mm -hmm. So how, what can we do to make sure we have all of that? I guess uh, connecting metaphorically. So understanding that it's not necessarily a suit that you do have to put on, but uh, making sure that you digest the principles and that you are striving to attain those. But why, like, I answer your question with a question. Why do we connect so much better metaphorically than if God just told us exactly what he wants us to do? Yeah. 
Have you ever had that moment where, I mean, to go back to just to this, you know, very real description of the war that's going on, I don't know if you've ever had that moment where, you know, you're in a situation or there's someone right in front of you who you're just like, this person, like, is the most, you know, thorn in my flesh kind of person. <laughs> um, but then you have this moment where you're like, ah, like, I get it. When, when you see it in this context, you're like, okay, this is something bigger. This is uh, a spiritual war going on. And I think it's when you, again, when you sense your need for that, that you're like, okay, like I, I can't fight this with me, you know, going around talking to everybody about it. Um, I have to go to my knees and be like, okay, God, I'm going to need like your scripture. I'm going to need like all these little uh, tools that he gives us to fight it. Yeah, I, I, I so agree. I mean, you've, you've got to use the tools that God has given us in order to fight those battles because it's, you know, we can see that when we try to do things on our own without the armor of God, without having everything that he's given us at our disposal, we fall flat. Mm. We, we don't succeed. And then we come, we come crawling back like, Lord, <laughs> I need help now. Mm -hmm. When in the first place, we should have been <laughs> letting him go forth first, you know, doing, following what he want, would, would want us to do in the situation and, 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 and going that route, you know, to ensure victory. I mean, think about, you know, Israel, when they went out to battle, you know, they, they sought after God's blessing. You know, and when he said, you're going to have victory, they won. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if he, didn't, if he didn't do that, what if they went to battle and, they, and he didn't say, oh, you're going to have victory? The results would be drastically different. Or how are you going to fight it? You know, some, he said, like, go out and use your swords. And other times, like, go out and sing, you know, and mm -hmm. they did. So you have to fight it in his armor, in his way. I appreciate the creativity as well. I think it speaks to a lot of people's learning styles because I'm very hands-on, so I need to be told what to do. And being able to see things in metaphors helps me uh, with my critical thinking and even being like spiritually imaginative, if you will. I think that that, of course, is, is genius to be able to say, you know what, I do want to put on the breastplate, of, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Like, I need that in my life. And if we are able to picture it in, like, our physical realm, we can identify with the principles more. I think um, tr trying to get the whole armor of God um, ties into another metaphor that he uses of um, the church as a body. Because mm -hmm. you could think of, like, yeah, I put on the armor of God, mm -hmm. but the body of Christ should be armored too, right? And if like, and this would also go into, um, like if you feel like you're missing something, like you feel like you need a better sword, and then you should be trying to find a blacksmith. Like right. you should be trying to look for someone who knows the sword really well and learning from them and getting it from them. And if you're trying to, and most blacksmiths could make armor. However, if you want the best armor, you're gonna go to an armorer. Mm -hmm. And so like then you're trying to find someone who, mm -hmm. each, each thing that, you're, that you feel like you're deficient in we come to the body to be like, oh, well, who can help me with this? Who can cover my back with this? Mm -hmm. And that way we can all be covered. I never connected that before, like the, the war analogy with the, with the bo body. With, yeah, yeah. With the, the church, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Do you want to look at that a little bit more? Like the, where's the body <laughs> analogy? Yeah, it's in um, First Corinthians, is it 12? Yeah, yeah. First Corinthians First. 12, I think. Okay. We'll find out. <laughs> but there's this is a lot. Uh, yeah, it's all over the place. Let's just. I guess I'll just read twelve twelve because that's just briefly what that's the metaphor. Um, so First Corinthians twelve twelve. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Hmm. And so just the way your body works, that's the way Christ's body is. And we know that the church is Christ's body. 
Have you ever wished that you were a different part of the body? Oh, <laughs> I think most of us would say yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are times where, yeah, I think I wish I was something different. But I mean, God has made us with a purpose. So, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with sometimes wishing that you were something else. But as long as you understand that, well, it'd be, it might be nice to be something else, but God has made me to be this, and this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm just reminded so much of a radio, a kind of a kid's radio show, and one of the kind of skits that they did was this kind of grouping of uh, like an organization, and they were like, each organization was actually a physical part, each member was actually a physical body part. And the body parts were arguing because the, the eyes wanted to do the job that the feet did and vice versa. And, you know, after all this arguing, I believe the feet said, forget this, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, and their whole purpose was to do good deeds. Well, later on, you know, the foot's like, oh, I'm going to do it all on my own. And he comes back and the body's dismembered. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's there because the body couldn't do its job. And I think it's important that we understand that we all have a purpose. We all have been given a, a spiritual gift to help the body do its job. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's really important we recognize those gifts. Yeah. I just, yeah. So when we're not doing our job, I think the word that sticks out to me most in this whole um, lesson is rebellion. Are we being rebellious when we choose hmm. not to hmm. do our job, not to be that part of the body of Christ that we have been called to be? Is that rebellion? I, the lesson talked, I really liked how they used the analogy of an autoimmune disease mm. where sometimes the body is rebelling yeah, so. against itself. Yeah. And what do we do when that happens too? How do we deal with, um, I mean, it's a very real problem and it's a very difficult question. And I guess well, there's probably, you know, the answer is the spirit, I guess. But <laughs> what do we do when yeah. we have those um, autoimmune disease? Because sometimes you just want to like, I mean, my arm is constantly slapping me. Like, I just want to cut it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, what do you do? I think one of the, the, the first places to start is to, um, well, like you said, with the spirit, which brings us together, which mm -hmm. is, like, we got we to gotta get on the same page. Mm -hmm. Like, even if we disagree about this thing, so we got to find something that we agree about mm -hmm. to at least be like, oh, no, I see what you're saying. Let's, okay, we're, we're part of the same body. Like, right. I wasn't sure before, right. but, like, okay, we're connected. Mm -hmm. um, and also respecting people's jobs, because there have been tons of times where I wanted to be something else. Mm -hmm. Also tons of times where I'm like, I would never want to be that. Mm -hmm. um, like, a, a, well, I think a good example, it may be a little graphic, but like every healthy body needs a colon. Mm -hmm. So such, so would the body of Christ. And that's not a glamorous job. Like mm -hmm. that's, you're going to be dealing with stuff with the waste. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Like, yeah. and, and I, I imagine the colon would be complaining about that constantly. Like, man, I'm having to deal with everyone else's yeah. mess, right? Like, you guys are putting stuff in, and I have to deal with it. Right. And then we'd get upset with it. Like, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. The hands are working fine. The feet's working fine. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, but you're putting weird stuff into me. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not able to function as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so just respecting, like, what you do. Like, I couldn't do that. Like, mm -hmm. we need whatever you're doing. Um, in terms of that, do you think, well, we're talking about Paul. and We all know Paul is Paul. Do you think that the Lord used a person who was rebellious to be able to identify with rebellion? Mm. So a lot of times we identify with people who've been through similar situations yeah. or other people's testimonies really speak to our hearts because we can identify with the experiences that they have. Mm. So I think that there's a connection with Paul being able to deliver these messages because they know exactly who he is and what he's about. But to see him make a complete 180 
and be so, you know. Absolutely. And I think actually his experience ties into another metaphor he uses about the church um, is it being a building. Because in, in, and in Corinth at the time, something people were fighting over is like, well, I follow this person's teachings. Mm -hmm. I follow Paul's teachings. I follow Apollos' teachings. And another person being like, I follow Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And Paul groups them all together as being like, no, 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 no. It was built on one foundation, Christ. Mm -hmm. And then I did some work and Apollos did some work and Cephas did some work. Mm -hmm. Like we all added to the building, mm -hmm. but we're all building on the same foundation that isn't any of us. Like, right. so remember where yeah and I think that came from his experience of mm -hmm. growing up like in Judaism having different schools of thought mm -hmm. and even being on both sides of a school of thought of being like those guys are wrong and then suddenly being like oh mm -hmm. I get it yeah so what can we take away from that being that we can't be stopped by the acts of rebellion that we have previously experienced how can we move forward in making sure that we are nourishing the body of Christ to kind of stop the autoimmune disease-ness. Mm -hmm. You know, how can we say, you know what, we're, we're hurting each other. Mm -hmm. How can we encourage ourselves and other people to stop, you know, essentially hurting ourselves, hurting the body? I think part of it, anyways, maybe just a little part, is knowing where our value comes from. Because I think sometimes we do look at other people um, to get our significance or our role, and maybe it takes a little more of um, understanding who we are in Christ. So it's okay, we can give and give and, and, and people might not accept it, um, but it helps us to have a, a stronger foundation. It's one little piece anyway. And I think um, beyond just understanding your value is knowing the mission, knowing the purpose mm -hmm. that God has given you. With knowing that purpose, you know, it makes it a little bit easier to, to stay focused on what you're supposed to do and not be the one who's causing the problem. Mm -hmm. Do any other questions in the lesson that we kind of want to bring out, highlight? Well, well, we haven't really talked, hit on um, who we're fighting. Like, mm -hmm. the, um, we've talked about getting ready to fight, but we haven't talked really about what the principalities um, and the powers in dark places or what, however they put it, like, what yeah. that is. Are we really, in other words, like, as, as a church body, for example, are we really fighting against, like, the guy who really has to have things his way, or are we fighting against who is that enemy? Well, and I, I think Paul explained it in Ephesians where he talks about you know, the armor of God and, and the principalities. We're talking about the battle against Satan, yeah. about the battle against sin, and, and the tendency to want to sin because, you know, because we're fallen beings, we naturally want to gravitate towards sin because it's comfortable. It's, it's what we're used to. It's what we've been groomed in for you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So we're fighting against our own innate natural tendencies to want to do the wrong thing and trying to put Christ first and, and, and and put him in as the head of everything. Use the tools that he's given us. I think ultimately that's the goal, but how many times do we get caught up fighting each other instead? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So using our armor against one another. Or using the wrong armor. Because <laughs> if we were using prayer and the scripture, mm. I don't know, I mean. Yeah. I just see so much that we just turn to each other because we're more tangible and we don't know this spiritual warfare and fight. We don't know where to point our sword. So it's just like, well, you're here. Mm -hmm. It's your fault. Mm -hmm. How do we yeah. how do we change that that thought process to be able to really uh, put on the armor to use it in the proper way? And you know, of course, we have to ask for guidance from God and pray. But instead of defeating ourselves, really stepping up and and pressing towards the battle that we're we're called to. 
I guess I was just thinking, I guess that's where it is helpful to look at the armor, the different armor pieces. And mm -hmm. I mean, just the one that sticks out to me is, is prayer. Um, but because I think you can change so much and you, you, I can't, I can't talk to someone and necessarily change their attitude, but if I talk to God, he can change their attitude or he can change mine. I'm, I might be the one, but anyway. Yeah. And I also, you know, look at, you know, looking at another piece of armor, you, you have the belt of truth, you know, the truth that, that, that Christ has given us, that, you know, that he's returning, that he's here to save us, you know, so that just understanding that we have to be honest in all things. And, you know, when we're fighting against each other, we have to be honest. Who's the real enemy here? Who's, who's really the problem? Because we get caught up in, you know, it's this person's fault. We get caught up in our earthly feelings and emotions. And just we have to, if we stay Christ-centered and focused, we can, he helps point out, that's not your enemy. Mm -hmm. Satan's your enemy. Or the sin is your enemy, not the person. And, he's go, and it's explaining the scriptures constantly, you know, who the real enemy is. And we just have to keep that focus. I think the truth hurts sometimes, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and sometimes the truth is that you're the enemy, that you're the one, well, not you yourself, but your own sin is the enemy mm. because you have a, you, you, you know, procrastination or stubbornness or pridefulness. You know, all these things are things that we sometimes get uh, or we have, and those become the enemy. And other people see those things in us, and thus conflict starts. And we can't see it mm -hmm. because we're so ingrained in it. We're so, we so think it's normal. And so... We have to also sometimes be receptive when others come to us to tell us, hey, you know, something's wrong, especially in relationship to, uh, to help us get, to help us stop doing what we're doing. So I think in the concept of the body, there's some things that we have to do to ensure that the body is healthy. And because we're all part of the body of Christ, when there's something wrong with your body, you have to change what you're doing in order to be, to be better. So you have to start telling the truth. You have to start living righteously. You have to start doing things that you're uncomfortable with because your sinful nature is a lot more comfortable right. to deal with. And when we're dealing with people in the body that don't want to do it, I think in the body, conflict is natural. I think even in life in general, we feel like conflict is not supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. But in order for you to build, just like a muscle, in order for us to build that muscle, we have to tear that muscle right. in order to make it stronger. So I think that we should take that conflict and definitely utilize it to make us stronger and not to tear us apart because it's just like, oh, well, I don't like working out. That's a conflict. I don't like working out. I don't, I don't really think that it's, yeah, no, I don't, don't, I don't like, like it. it. I don't enjoy working out. <laughs> but the benefits from the conflict is better than my, my negligence. So sometimes we have to tell the truth. You need to stop doing that. Mm. It is hurting us and we need to change our ways. Mm. Just like the colon. If I, keep, if I eat M&Ms every <laughs> single day, Something is not going to go right. Something, <laughs> and you're going to start hurting too. So I mean, and that's the instead of just saying, "Well, you shouldn't be hurting," you know, you're like, "Okay, well, how can we help fix that? Like, what can we do to make your, you know, you, you heal?" You <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to use that analogy, got to get you back. Yeah, but I was thinking, I thought about this a lot a few years ago when I broke my ankle, and I was thinking about the body of Christ, like what. Um, how my body changed to accommodate that broken ankle. Like, well, my, uh, my right leg got really strong because I was like hopping around on it all the time. Um, and I needed more rest and I needed, you know, good nutrition. I needed a lot of vitamin D. Um, and, and there's other things the body has to do to compensate. And are, do we do that as a church? Like do, when we see someone who's been injured in this war, mm. do we take care of them? Oh, man. Oh, 
You know, and I, I've seen both sides in, in churches. I've seen times where, yeah, someone's hurting, something, you know, a part of the body has been injured, and, you know, everyone just tries to move on, you know, and you can't, you know, they're attached to the body, so you just can't leave them there. You have to do something about it. Yeah. Because it's, it, if you have an injury, if you, you, if you can do nothing, then it gets worse. Mm -hmm. If you do something, then you can start to heal, start the healing process and restore things to normal order. So we have to also take care that we stop and take time to deal yes. with the injury. Mm -hmm. Because without that, we just create, the problem just becomes to snowball and snowball until it gets to a point where the body can't function at all. You know, if you get an infection and you don't treat it, eventually the body may die off. Mm -hmm. And that's what can happen to the body of Christ if we're not intentional about stopping to take time to heal the injuries that happen to different members of the body. Yeah. So I was thinking one day, I was like, is there anything on my body, inside or outside, that I can deal without or that I would be okay with being broken? And as I was thinking from head to toe, yeah, How inconvenient <laughs> it would be if I couldn't use, like, my pinky finger or if my elbow was broken. And I was like, nope, I need that. Nope, I need that. Nope, I need that. Nope, I need that. Mm -hmm. And if we took that and we took the metaphor and made it reality, nope, mm -hmm. I need him. Yeah. Nope, I need her. Yeah, nope, yeah, yeah. I need them. Yeah. Yeah. That we can value each mm -hmm. other a lot more to be able to do the things that we can. But the, the problem is... We leave everything in the metaphor. We never make it real life. We never mm -hmm. take on that challenge to do what the Bible has asked us to do. And we can't unless we realize who our head is. And that, that's the other awesome thing about that analogy is that the mind of the head is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's the one that orders us. And if we have that mind, then we're good. I also think it's important to, um, to consider, I mean, I've probably said this already, to consider what the work that that body part may be doing so that like you're not coming in it thinking like if the hand is broken, you're not thinking of it like, well, it needs to see better. Like, mm. no, 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 no. It needs to do hand stuff. It's it needs to hold stuff better. And so we ought to accommodate for its language. And so trying to approach people in their thing. Their own function. As opposed to the way you think yeah. they should function. But the other thing is that with your ankle situation, your other leg had to do its job more. Mm. It did not go and give advice to mm. the other part. So when people are hurting, we have to do our job more. We have to take responsibility more to strengthen our side to accommodate for that weaker Give individual. Give rest. Exactly. So we can't go and be like, you know what, ear? I think the eye's telling the ear what it thinks, mm. but we have to be like, I got you. I'm going to listen more so you don't fall, mm. so you don't do yeah. this, so you don't do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's not necessarily trying to help other individuals. It's us making sure that we're on point. Yeah. And that we're getting stronger so that you can take that rest. Right. And when you come back, then, you know, we can even things out. Um, any other key takeaways? Um, you know, I just want to tie it back to the whole concept of rebellion. You know, if we're all taking care of each other, then we're not, we're, we're all heading the same direction. We're not trying to go in different directions. And so we, we keep ourselves from rebelling against ourselves or even against God when we make sure that we're all working towards the same goal. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. And I think that if we value one another once again, understanding that we're all a part of the body, we all have a certain part, that it'll be a great thing. So I definitely want to thank you all for this discussion, for us working together and coming up with some great concepts. I also want to thank our viewers for joining us today. So if you'd like to hear more or see more episodes, please join us at SabbathSchoolU.org. That's SabbathSchool, the letter U, dot org.